Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and a blessing to your life. If you want more information about Bethel Assembly, please go to our website, BethelAssembly.info. Thanks again. How many of you are ready for the message today? Amen. We are in part four, almost finished with a series um, that we are simply calling Grounded, the non-negotiables in life. What are the things that we're not willing to waver on? What are the things that we're not willing to to sidestep or, or compromise? We're taking the time to really discover what it means to be grounded in our walk with God. So when the storms of life come, when the difficulty comes when all of the world rages up against us how do we stay planted solid in the ground and not allow our lives to topple over last week if you were here i challenged you to take a moment um, individually and then i even said extend that to your family if you so desire to write your personal mission statement i'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you did that or not this morning that is between you and god but i I would challenge you if you have not taken the time to write that personal mission statement to understand why you exist why you're here what is your purpose what are the things that you're not willing to waver on if you haven't taken the time to do that i would encourage you do so as AP, and then begin to move forward and allow it to steer your daily life. I really hope and I pray that you have done that and you've begun to move forward in the foundation of who Christ is for you. Today, I want to look at a word that is required if we're truly going to be grounded. It's, it's a word that um, is necessary, it's vital if we want to remain on the right track with God as we encounter Him in in all of our life. Today, I want to talk about the word integrity. Integrity. Our text is found in Proverbs chapter 14, and it says, the integrity of good people creates a safe place for living. The integrity of good people creates a safe place for living. For living, have you ever given integrity much thoughts? What kind of effect might it have on your personal life? What kind of effect does your integrity, mom or dad, what kind of integrity does it have on your family? What kind of effect does the word integrity have upon our church or even society as a whole? See, here's what I've discovered. I believe that before we can ever truly be effective on the outside, we have to begin to live with integrity on the inside. Let me say that again. Before we can truly be effective on the outside, we must begin to live with integrity on the inside. The Bible says, let God transform you by renewing the way that you think that's on the inside. The Bible oftentimes talks about guarding your heart because what happens in the heart steers your life and what's in the heart comes out of the mouth and and all of these things refer to what's on the inside. But oftentimes as Christians, we're more more concerned about what we look like on the outside than what's going on on the inside. 
I don't know about you, but I have issue with that. How many of you would like to buy a car that was pristine on the outside, yet on the inside, the engine was damaged? Maybe it was missing parts. I, I bought a car one time and Actually, it's the Mini Cooper I drive now, and when I first got it, everything was great, everything was going, I, I was shifting everything, and then it got cold, and suddenly it would no longer go into first gear. And I called the place where I got it, and I began to talk to them. I said, I don't know what's going on, I'm not really a mechanic, but it won't go into first gear. It'll go into the other gears, but not into first gear. I don't really know what's happening. And, and he said something that I don't think he meant to say, but he said it, and I, and I caught it, and I, I responded to it. He said, well, it looks like we did some work on it when it first came in. It's missing some parts still. Okay. He goes, what, what if we just split the bill with you? And I'm like, uh-uh, I bought a car that's complete. I bought a whole car. I didn't buy a car with missing parts on it. Some of us in our spiritual lives, we've got some missing parts. There's some faulty things going on on the inside. Maybe it's in our thought, maybe it's in our, in, in our words, maybe it's in our actions, but it, it's occurring from the inside of our life. And the Bible says that if we, if we really want to live the life that God has called us to live, we've got to take care of the inside first before we can ever be effective on the outside. Here's a clincher. What we say must line up with what we do. What we say must line up with what we do. If it doesn't, it invalidates our witness. It damages our witness. If we fail to live a life of integrity, suddenly our witness is no longer effective to the culture and society around us. And I believe that many in the culture today, and quite honestly, many in the church as a whole today have made a titanic mistake what is a titanic mistake it's when we try to compartmentalize our lives into various segments and think that by doing so that all is going to be fine in 1912 a great ocean ship sailed maybe you remember the titanic anybody like seven of you remember the titanic the rest of you have been under a rock since 1912. No, the Titanic sailed, and everyone said the Titanic is unsinkable. It had new technology. The new technology was that the whole of the ship was divided into compartments. Rather than one large, unified, integrated whole, it was divided into compartments with the idea that if a few of the departments were compromised or even damaged, the ship would still remain afloat and all would be fine. But as you know, we've all watched the movie, the Titanic sank. 1,522 people lost their lives in a ship that was unsinkable. You see, when the integrity of the whole was damaged, the ship was doomed. 
You may be sailing along smoothly through life. Everything seems to be perfect. You're cruising along. But if your integrity is damaged, you will, in fact, sink. If the integrity of your life is breached, you are headed for destruction. You are headed for trouble. So what is a titanic mistake? It's when you try to compartmentalize all of your life into various segments and think that you're safe by doing so. We take our lives and we divide it into bite-sized little pieces. Well, over here is my work life, and on the far side over there, there's my my home life, and I've got my social life on that side, and, and over here is my church life, as if somehow all of these departments and all of these portions of your life are separated, and they don't integrate at all. We've, we have the spiritual compartments where we say, well, this is where I pray, this is where I thank God, and this is where I go to church, but, but over here, this is my secular life, this is where I go to work, you know, in the real world. I have real money here, and I do real things over here, and often these compartments never interact with one another. There's no integration in life, and I want you to know, listen carefully, that's a tragedy. The reason we do this many times is because we want to hold conflicting values in our life and in our mind. We want to do something and believe something in one place and then do something and believe something absolutely the opposite, something that contradicts this side over here, and we feel, we feel that we're okay because we've compartmentalized our life. We think by putting it in compartments like the Titanic's hole, then everything will be okay. If one area gets flooded, you know, a little bit of sin, a little bit of questionable activity. It's not going to sink the entire ship. Sure, that area might get tainted, but the rest of the ship will be okay because it's all compartmentalized. Everything will be fine. Well, I want you to know, in my opinion, that's a huge mistake. And I believe that that's what's caused the church as a whole, corporately, to lose credibility in our culture. We've lost credibility. Our mission is, sta- is, is tainted and our effectiveness is damaged because somehow we thought that we could compartmentalize our lives and separate our spiritual life from our work life and separate our work life from our social life and separate our social life from our family life and all of these little compartments. But quite honestly, what happens is we lack real integrity. The word integrity by definition is this, the quality or state of being complete or undivided or incorruptible. Being complete or undivided. In other words, there aren't little compartments. There aren't subcategories. 
Someone once described it this way, how you live or what you are willing to do when no one else is around. Let me ask you today, how do you act when no one else is around? What are the words that come out of your mouth? What are the thoughts that you have? What are the actions that you take? What are you willing to do when you are in that compartment of your life? No one else is around. That will tell you your level of integrity. There's a popular phrase that is oftentimes used. What I do in my private life is my business and it has no effect on my public actions. What I do in my private life is none of your concern. It doesn't affect you at all. Somehow we think that what we do in our private life has no effect on our behavior, and what we do in our church life doesn't affect our work life, and what we do in our work life doesn't affect our home life. I want you to know, if that's your mindset, you have a titanic problem. Quite honestly, there's a lack of integrity. Today, for the next few moments, I want to share with you three, I'm sorry, two questions that we must ask regarding integrity. Question number one is this, why is integrity important? Before we can really dive into how to implement integrity, before we can really dive into how to incorporate it into all areas of our lives, we must understand why is it that it's important to have integrity in life. You probably have a few ideas running through your mind today, but I want to share with you three biblical reasons why integrity is in fact importance number one integrity pleases god integrity pleases god simply put the bible says in proverbs chapter 11 the lord detests people with crooked hearts anybody in the room want the lord to detest you okay i see a few of you you're like i gotta scratch my nose right now you know, it's kind of like when you're at an auction and you've got that little flyer in your hand and you've got that itch on top of your head and you're like, you're trying to scratch it. You don't want that guy to think you're raising your hand, right? None of us, not a single one of us in the room want God to detest us. But he goes on to say, but he delights in those with integrity. Anybody in the room want God to delight in you? Amen. Man, I want God to look at my life and go, well done. Well done. You fought the good fight. You ran the race. You remained faithful. Well done. I want my life to please God. I don't want God to look at me and go, man, you're detestable. I can't stand you. Remember we talked a couple weeks ago, hot or cold, if you're lukewarm, he's going to spew you out. He detests crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Pastors, my life 
It doesn't affect anyone. You're not fooling God. You may have fooled your co-workers. You may have fooled the entire room of people here at church. You're fooling yourself, but you haven't fooled God. Our entire life has to be one of honesty and integrity because God hates deception, but he loves integrity. Why does he hate deception? Because it's the far opposite of who he is. It keeps us from from becoming what God meant for us to be. We had the most famous response. We say this, what does it matter? No one will ever know. I can, I can do a little questionable thing here because no one will ever find out. I can, I can compromise a little bit there. It, it's never really going to matter because no one's ever really going to know. I want you to know something. God knows. God knows. And He's the only audience that you need to even be concerned about. The Bible says, if no one else ever finds out, you need to live a life of integrity because God cares about you. He delights in integrity. Man, if you claim to be a Christian, if you tell people that you work with that you're a Christian, if you tell your neighbors and others that you're a Christian, you need to live a life of integrity. Why? Because you are representing God. The second is this. It affects others. Why should I live with integrity? Well, because it pleases God and now it affects others. Come on, pastor. How does my integrity or lack thereof, how does it affect those around me? Proverbs chapter 20 says this. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. Your integrity or lack thereof affects not just you, but your future generations. What you are doing, they are watching every step you take. They are watching how you respond. They are listening to how you speak. Are you living your life with integrity? It's going to influence. It's going to affect those around you. And the first place you're going to affect are the people in your home. Let me ask you, do you want your children to be blessed? Then walk with integrity. If you want your family to be blessed, then then walk with integrity. Stop the foolishness. Stop playing games. Not only does your integrity affect people in your family, it affects society, it affects those that you work with, it affects people all around you. Proverbs chapter 11 says this, the good influence of godly citizens cause a city to prosper, but the moral decay of the wicked drives it downhill. The good influence of godly citizens cause a city to prosper. But the moral decay of the wicked drives it downhill. The Bible tells us 
that when you as a believer, when I as a believer, when we live with integrity, it brings people to God. It moves people to the message of Jesus Christ. I want you to know the greatest thing that you can ever share with somebody is Jesus Christ. The question is, do you back up your words with your actions? How you respond, what you do. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this, live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Living with integrity helps other people find God. They, they see how you respond. And I can't tell you how many times in life I had somebody go, man, what is it about you? What is it about what you just did there? I think I shared this a while back. Many years ago, I was a music pastor and, and I was leading worship and just I was just in the moment with God and we were bringing in some people from a a drug rehab facility every week, and one of the guys from that facility, he walked up and he goes, Pastor, I don't know what you're on, but I want some of that. <laughs> that guy now is credentialed with the Assemblies of God and doing ministry work. Your actions, your lifestyle, it will lead people to God or away from God. There are two reasons why people reject Jesus. Number one is they've met a Christian. I'm sorry, that they've never met a Christian. The first reason they, they, they reject Jesus, they've never really met a Christian. The second is this, they have met a Christian. I shudder to think of how many people are going to miss heaven because a so-called Christian who did not live with integrity yet claimed to follow Jesus they said, I'm a believer, but they had all sorts of compartments in their lives, and, and Jesus really wasn't the manager of any of them. And the other person says, well, if that's how a Christian is going to behave, forget it. I don't want any part of that. See, your integrity or your lack thereof, it not only pleases God, but it affects those around you. The third reason is this, it makes life so much easier. Living a life of integrity makes life so much easier. Look at Proverbs chapter 11. Moral character makes for smooth traveling. An evil life is a hard life. Good character is the best insurance. Moral character, in other words, living a life of integrity makes for smooth traveling. The Bible gives us dozens and dozens of benefits of living with integrity. One is, in fact, that life is going to be so much easier. Life is going to go so much more smooth when you live with integrity. It was Mark Twain that once said this, one of the things about integrity is you don't have to have a long memory. Think about that for a moment. One of the things about a life of integrity is you, you just don't have to have a long memory. And, and I've discovered something. The older I get, the shorter my memory is. Anybody else in the house? Come on. 
Those of you that are 40 plus, are, are you with me on that? I mean, sometimes I wake up and I forget what my name is. Yeah, let's move on. You don't have to remember what you said to this person and what you said to that person. If you're lying all the time and you're talking one way to one group of people and another way to another group of people and you say bad things about that person over here, but you're trying to say good things about them over here, you're, you're one way one day and another way another day and you're posing all the time. Guess what? Eventually, you're going to forget how you pose. But living a life of integrity makes life so much easier. You know, one of the greatest compliments someone could ever say about you is this. Man, you're the same no matter where I see you. I see you at church. You're the same as you are when you're at Walmart, and that's hard. I'm just saying, Walmart's got some crazies out there. You're the same as you are at work. You're the same as you are when you're at home. You're consistent in your walk with Christ because you haven't compartmentalized everything, but you live a life that's integrated together, a life of integrity, a life where you're not breaking things apart, but it's one unified section. And you say, no matter where I am, I'm a believer. No matter where I stand, I'm a follower of Christ. No matter where I go, I'm a representative of Him. And I want Jesus to shine through my life. Why is integrity important? It pleases God. It affects others, and it certainly makes life so much easier. But the second question is this. If we discover now and we understand that integrity is important, how do I live a life of integrity? In a world that is so corrupt, in a world that is so broken, in a world that is falling apart, how do I live a life of real, true integrity? If this is the kind of lifestyle that God wants me to live, what do I do? Let me give you a few things. Number one, start by speaking the truth. If you want to live a life of integrity, you've got to speak the truth. Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. He detests in lying lips, but he delights in those who who tell the truth. So let me ask, do you keep your word? Do you keep your promises? The Bible says that God loves people that keep their word. A, a person of integrity doesn't gossip. A person with integrity doesn't tell white lies. A person with integrity doesn't talk carelessly or, or stir trouble or cause problems. They don't speak out of both sides of their mouth one way to this group and another way to this group. The Bible says, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Man, we talk a lot as a church about the big sins, but man, the Bible says that the tongue has the power of life and of death. If you are allowing your tongue to create death all around you. You're not being a man or a woman of integrity. You're being a man or a woman of compromise. 
Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. If you're going to live with integrity, you must always speak the truth, even if it's inconvenient, because integrity demands it. Number two, you've got to stand for what is right. Stand for what is right. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 says, For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. We cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. Standing is oftentimes more than just speaking up. Standing in this instant involves and requires action, something you have to do, or sometimes you have to do something because integrity demands that you take action. Now, here's what I've discovered. There aren't a lot of people in society today that are interested in standing for truth. We're interested in, in, in standing for our rights. Come on. But we're not really interested in standing for the truth. We're living in a nation that is obsessed with personal rights. Well, I have my rights. Has it ever occurred to you that whenever you have rights, you also have wrongs? That's not something we want to admit today. No one wants to admit when something is bad or anything is wrong. We have many people who are willing to speak up for their own rights, but very few people that are willing to say, but that's wrong. Even Christians are embarrassed, if you would, to speak up and say that's wrong. Well, Pastor, if I, if I say something, they're going to think that I'm, I'm narrow-minded. They're going to think that I'm judgmental. They're going to think that I'm a bigot. They're going to call me names. So we hold our tongue. Listen carefully. If you're going to be a person of integrity, there are going to be times that you must stand up and speak the truth and point out when something is wrong. You don't have to say it like a jerk. You don't have to be mean-spirited. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. Remember, we're God's representatives. And by definition, God is love. So if we are representing God who is love, then, then our words must be done in, in love. But if you're going to be a person of integrity, there'll be times in your life, you're talking to someone one-on-one, -on -one or, or maybe you're amongst a group of people and you realize that something is wrong and you must take a moment and point it out. Why? Because if you don't, you've suddenly compartmentalized your life. You're no longer living a life of integrity, but of compromise. You speak up and say, that's wrong. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. And here's the deal. When you know the truth and you don't talk about it, you don't stand for it, you're being dishonest. Edmund Burke once said this, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. 
that's why we are where we are today. That's why our society, that's why our culture is in the mess that it's in today. Agree with me or disagree with me, it doesn't matter because I'm right. We've had good men and, and good women that have remained silent, that have, have resisted the urge, resisted the call to stand up for the truth. We let society fall apart. You've got to speak the truth. You've got to stand for what is right. And integrity, in order to maintain integrity, you've got to keep your life pure. Right before communion today, we, we took a moment, we examined ourselves. I would challenge you, do that on a regular basis. Do that regularly. God, man, what's going on in my life? Because <clears throat> if you're not careful, you can quickly find yourself going down, down the rabbit trail, down the wrong path. Philippians chapter 2 says this, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You could put your name at the very beginning of that sentence, Andy, live a clean and innocent life as a child of God. Sam, live a clean, innocent life as a child of God all across the room. We can put our name in there. Do we really desire to live a life with God? Do we really desire to follow Him? Do we really desire to be what He wants us to be? Then we've got to stop compartmentalizing. We've got to begin to live with integrity. Have you ever thought of why did, why did God choose Noah? Remember Noah in the ark? Why did He choose Noah? He's getting ready to start the whole world over again. Why did he choose Noah? Well, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 that Noah was a man of integrity. God chose Noah because he saw his integrity. God says, that's a man that I can trust. Was Noah perfect? No. No. Noah made mistakes, but Noah was a man of integrity. God said, I can trust him. I can depend upon him. My challenge for you today is this. Commit to become a man or a woman of integrity. Young people, be a young person of integrity in your schools. Young adults, man, take a stand. We got some young adults in our culture they're just going crazy be young of adult young adults of integrity take a stand for the things of god when the waves come up against you hold tightly to the things of god mom and dad leave a godly legacy grandma and grandpa speak the truth into the next generation challenge you. Stop compartmentalizing. 
that God run through all that you are. Your church life, your home life, your work life, your social life, your Walmart life. Let God run through all that you are. It's then when you will find yourself living a life of integrity.